Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust that this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. chapter 6 verse 1 let's go there father we thank you for your word i thank you for marking us with your holiness set us apart for your glory we want to be holy men and women of god so throw your holiness on us come on pray that throw your holiness on us oh god we want to smell like your holiness we want to smell like we've been in your presence lord when we go into the jobs and, and into our homes and and around relatives and neighbors i thank you even how we deal with our spouses and and our, our parents and our children and, and even our animals and our grandparents. Oh, God, I pray for your holy, make us holy men and women of God. I thank you, Father. Mark us with your holiness. Oh, mark us up with your holiness. Throw your holiness on our lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. As my mouth, I declare my mouth is a mouthpiece for your glory. And I thank you that you, Lord, you, I pray that you make my tongue of a pen already writer. Speak your word. I pray that your word will not only impress, but be put a etched on our hearts. Write your word on our hearts. Hide your word in our hearts that we may not sin against you. So, Father, I thank you that there will be a greater understanding of holiness. There will be a greater understanding of, of, of your, who you are in our lives, Father. We want you with our whole being. We want to be holy men of God, Father. In the name of Jesus, grant it to me utterance that I may boldly may know the mysteries of the gospel. Thank you for the gifts of the spirit. Thank you, Father. These holy gifts, not just regular gifts, but spiritual gifts that you, that's been sent to uh, enable us to minister, to edify the body of Christ. Thank you for giving unto your, your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe? We give your name, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And the people of God say amen. amen. All right, today we're going to share about Mark by his holiness, Isaiah chapter 1. The Lord is something. He's, he's another. The word holy means he's another. He's not like us. And I was sharing with Bible study. We had Bible study on this past um, Wednesday, and we talked about the nine gifts of the Spirit. We also shared about how the New Testament writers, we, we believe as Christians here at KLM that God lives on the inside of us, that God is big on the inside of us. Wherever we go, he goes, and we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. But there isn't a great emphasis necessary on how God is in us as much as some will declare, because I think you have to be careful with some of the New Age terminology. Um, everybody want to talk about how God is in them. And I, I made reference to a, uh, a, a person who said that um, their divinity, and we just want to be careful. I, I was telling Courtney this week how often the New Testament writers refer to not necessarily just always God in them, but that we're the temples of the Holy Spirit and that Christ in us, the hope of glory. Peter talks about how we should live in a way that inquires others to inquire, I mean, to having others inquire about the hope that we have. And so we do believe that God lives inside of us. When we got born again, the Spirit of God came inside of us. 
But because of the age that we're living in, you have to be very careful and very clear, distinctively Christian and distinctively biblical when declaring God in us. I love the song, Mary, Mary, God, you know, God is in us, right? In us, right? And that's great. But in the midst of that, let us be distinctively Christian, distinctively biblical, because there's a lot of new age. I don't believe in affirmation. I believe in confessions. All right. This is not the law of attraction. This is the law of faith that we operate in. So we, we need to be biblical in our terminology because now the world and, and cults and different things are saying all kinds of stuff. And you, in a lot of ways, you can't tell the difference between what they're saying, the motive, self-motivation. And I believe in self-motivation, self-help. You know, I do. I love Jim Rohn and different ones. I mean, they inspire me, encourage me, but they don't have the power to change. The word changes. They deal with my willpower, Tony Robbins and different ones. But yet at the same time, we're very careful of what we say. We're not, we're not speaking it to the universe. And the universe is responsible for bringing what I'm saying to pass. No, we speak God's word and God, angels hearken to his word and the Holy Ghost moves on the word of God. Amen. Amen. So let's be careful about these things. You know, we're faith people. We make confessions all on everything. We confess about everything. If you move, we make a confession. But at the same time, we're not making affirmation. And our faith is not in our own faith. Our faith is in the living Jesus. We got to get back to preaching Jesus and declaring Jesus. Make no, no, make, don't be confused about what we're talking about. And I understand the lover of my soul. Sometimes you got to separate that because that's still not clear to people. We need more than just a lover of our soul. We need a savior for our sins. Oh, glory to God. Why, why y'all got me preaching? Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Growth is now. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And so when we see the Lord in the king in this year, the year that this king died, Isaiah saw the Lord. Now, it's just talking about, a I'm not trying to read into it, and we talked about this on Friday, that we don't want to read into the Bible, but we want to read out of the Bible. Did y'all hear me? We don't want to bring our presuppositions to the Word of God and make the Word of God say what is not said. And some of the preaching that's going on today is a lot about, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to use metaphors and different stuff to explain Something, you know, there's, you know, oh, the Lord killed 10,000 uh, 10, 10, people. Oh, God's going to kill 10,000 of your haters. No, that's not what it's saying. Yeah, y'all understand it, right? We got to stay away from trying to mix psychology with what the Bible actually said and trying to read into it. So this particular verse is talking about in that year that King Uzziah died, that was when the, Isaiah had this traumatic encounter with God's holiness. But I do believe that there are some kings that need to die in our lives. That when these kings die, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's relatives. Who is in our way of seeing the Lord? So he saw the Lord sitting on a throne. God sits on the throne. The Bible declares. A lot of people are talking about Christ-centeredness. But before you can be Christ-centered, you got to be God-centered. Uh, God, the Bible says boldly that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. And he's a big God. He's enormous. God is not this small God. He's a, he's a big God. Everybody say he's a big God. 
I mean, we need to declare his bigness and, and we need to de- 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 share this and think about it and how big he is. He's the creator and he makes us creatives <laughs> because he's a, the creator. We, we have his DNA and we're, we're vice regents together. We're not little gods, contrary to popular belief. You know, um, I know back in the day they used to have five percenters and when I was growing up and I was in Trenton and I was in Willenburg High, they would say, hey, I, I, hey, hey, God. No, I'm not God. He's God. That's not twisted. I know who I am. I'm made in the image of God, but I'm not God. And you and I will never be God. And I understand some people want to say that our authority, I get it and I believe it and I walk in it. But I also know that I'm finite and he's infinite. Ah, I don't get it twisted. He's all knowing and I have little knowledge. He's all powerful. I have little power. And the only power I got is the power I got from heaven. <laughs> Why am I preaching this? Amen. So, so, so we, we got to get back to the basics. That, that who is this God? And too many Christians are, are walking around with faulty faith. Therefore, they don't have victory. To, they don't have what it takes to overcome. Because they're operating on something that is not true. So he's the, the Lord... Isaiah saw the Lord sitting on a throne. God sits on a throne. And it goes on verse 2. And above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. Why, why would he cover his face? And why would he cover his feet? God is holy. <laughs> He's so holy that, and, 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 and the Bible says that no man has seen God and live. You can't see God and live. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's powerful. I know people have visions and dreams, and that's nice and that's cute. But I'm going to tell you, if you really saw the Lord, you won't be like, hey, he's my homie. He's my best friend. Come on. We'll be on our floor. If the Lord was to show up right now in this building, these seats will be torn up and we'll be, oh, holy, holy. And we will, I love it so I'm a friend of God by Israel. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. No, we ain't going to be. You're holy, holy, holy. All right. Let God in heaven when we see Him, you know we're gonna see His face. We, we can't, he's gonna wipe away our tears. Yeah. I mean, the tears are gonna be flowing because of how holy He is. Oh God, I just didn't know how how good You are and how who You are, God. Uh, I, you know, to see Him in the face of Jesus, Amen. It says that these seraphim who who they don't know sin. These beings do not know sin, and yet they cannot look at his holiness. Are you with me? And yet we are sinful creatures by the mere fact that we're born into this world. Um, verse 3. So we know that this seraphim, or this angel, has six wings. So th- this, this philosophy that babies are angels, not, in, not biblical. Our baby, or just these two wings, that's nice, but six, these, these are creatures that we've never seen. Uh, verse three, and one call to another said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And we expound on that last week that they weren't calling the Lord holy. They were describing what they were seeing to each other. Holy, 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 holy. As they went around his throne, and I want to submit to you every time they go around the throne of God, they actually see another glimpse of his holiness. They get another revelation how holy he is. And so they're not saying that the Lord is holy. And we, we expound on that the fact that it, um, it's not just that they were saying holy, holy, but it's almost in the Hebrew that they were making, it's an echo, holy, like, like 
resounding. Holy, holy, holy. You know, and that's what they were declaring. Verse 4, the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And then Isaiah turns around and says, I and I said, woe is me, for I am lost, and I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king and the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth and he said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. And so as Isaiah encountered the Lord, everything about him changed. His lips, his, his, his heart, God began to deal with it. And as we behold, his holiness will change. Amen. Uh, it's not just, uh, I want to be holy and we're making um, um, willpower to be holy. But as we behold him, you want to be holy. Amen. So our holiness is based on his holiness. His holiness empowers us to be holy. Isn't that good news? Grace is empowering. Grace is not, and I said this, and I keep saying it, it's not passive. It's engaging. Grace will show up in your life in a way that nothing else will. And again, let's, let's, let's talk about what is holiness. Holiness is being set apart from the world, set unto God for his purposes. It's having a, the fruit of the spirit in operation. It, it means to be untainted by evil and sin. It's meant to be sinless or saintly or dedicated to God for his service. So when we talk about being holy, we're talking about being set apart for God. Leviticus 22:32 says this, and you should not profane my holy name that I may be sanctified among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Ever say he is the Lord who sanctifies me. And he brought us out of the land of Egypt to be your God and I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. So in this scripture, it talks about his name should not be profaned among us. And we know one of the Ten Commandments is that we should not take the name of the Lord in what? Vain. So we need to be careful about saying God and then damn. Yeah, yeah. We, we got to be careful of taking the name. That is still applicable for the believer. We don't take the name of the Lord in vain. One way we take the name of the Lord in vain is, is lying on the Lord and say the Lord saying this and said that. Liars. <laughs> People prophesy in the name of the Lord. That's taking the name of the Lord in vain. And so we need to be careful. Even these powerful Ten Commandments that some people want to stick, get away from, but we see just about all of them are, 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 are flesh through the New Testament. We should not take his name in vain. It should not be profane among us. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. We're talking about marked by his holiness. I don't know about you, but I want God to mark me with his holiness. And when people see us, see me, I want them to say, oh, he's a holy man of God. Amen. First Peter chapter one, verse two, it says, according to the foreknowledge of God, the father in the sanctification of the spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ, for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. He said a mouthful according to the foreknowledge of God, the father, God, I mean, God knows everything. And in the sanctification of the spirit, it is by the spirit of God that we are sanctified. The Holy Spirit sets us apart to be sanctified. Back in the day, it used to be, uh, when I was growing up, sanctified people were people who shouted, who, was, who rolled on the floor, and people who, who, didn't, who looked homely. 
Uh, you know, they, the women didn't have makeup. Uh, uh, the men didn't wear shorts. The women didn't wear pants. And they were holy. No, they were just ugly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they want to talk about makeup, and that makeup is the spirit of Jezebel. And uh, you know, but yet the attitude was the attitude of Jezebel. Yeah, I, I, I've been there, done that. I, I don't claim to be a church boy. I'm a Jesus freak. Hey man, I know people talk, I grew up in church. Some people accuse me of being born in church, but I, I love the church, but I am in love with Jesus. And, and even from a kid, I did not like what I saw. I said, nah, nah, that's not me. I don't want to be associated with that. I, I, in my little community, I was the first to have Christian rap and they thought I was the devil. <laughs> I believed in holy hip hop before it was holy hip hop. It was corny, it was whack, but guess what? I was blasting it. <laughs> Um, but here it talks about in the sanctification of, G of the spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. How I many know we're called to obedience? And the word growth, the word old means to obey radically. We're called to obey Jesus. That's the point of the gospel. It is not just to save us so we can be idle, but for us to be motivated and inspired and empowered to obey. Go to Romans 8. Romans, actually jump, up to, jump over to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Ephesians chapter one, verse four. We're talking about marked by his holiness. Um, I, I want to be holy for the Lord. Um, verse three, can't skip that. Um, Ephesians one, verse three says this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. How many know that we've already been blessed? We're so blessed to be stressed. <laughs> we're so blessed. We're so we're blessed with every spiritual blessing. God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Good news. Amen. Uh, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings. Verse four says, even as he chose us in Christ or in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be what? Holy and blameless before him in love. And so here, even before we were, we ever existed, God called us to be holy. He, that, that is not even, um, if, if there was a grade level, that, that's not even preschool. Before we got to preschool, he called us to be holy. Don't think that our holiness is, is to impress God. It's not called, we're not called to impress God. We're called to please him. Amen. First, first Corinthians, I said this last week, but it, it, it bears um, repetition. It's just going to help us a little bit more. First Corinthians chapter 9, let's look at verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26, uh, 26 and 27. So I do not run aimlessly, but I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself shall be disqualified. Even as a minister, as a God, as a preacher, as a pastor, I can be disqualified. I think we live in a society and a culture that we don't think that God can counsel us. He can, he loves you with an everlasting love, but he can disqualify you from serving as a leader in his church. That, that's very sobering. So here Paul is saying, it is possible if I don't keep my body under and I don't keep it, I don't um, discipline myself that I can preach to others and find myself disqualified to serve in ministry. There are some unqualified people who don't need to be serving in ministry. They, they're, not, they're not kicked out of the kingdom, but they're kicked out of ministry. God is in the business of firing people. And he will fire you if you don't believe him. Just look at Saul. He will fire you. 
<laughs> oh, Lord, don't fire me. <laughs> That's a good prayer. Lord, don't fire me, Lord. Oh, God, I don't want to be disqualified. He will disqualify. I mean, you can disqualify yourself and find yourself with, yeah, you know, sometimes people say, well, the call is, the call and the, and the, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Come on, let's look at the context. It's talking about Israel, number one. <laughs> uh, and I think that it's a whole lot more emphasis on the calling down days than it was in the scriptures. So if any man desires the office, not called to, desires. All right, we'll leave that alone. We'll talk about that another day. Second Corinthians chapter seven. Let's go over there. Second Corinthians chapter seven. <laughs> Y'all got quiet. It's like, what? What are you talking about? Second Corinthians chapter um, seven. It says, since we have these promises, beloved, let us what cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. We have to do something as, a, as, as believers. We have to cleanse ourselves. Amen. If you're going to be marked by his holiness, we got to cleanse ourselves. Glory to God. And let's go over to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy. Let's look at verse 2, chapter 2, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Um, and let's look at verse, um, let's look at verse 18. Uh, actually, let's start with verse 19. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from what? Iniquity. So who, who, who has to do the departing? God knows who belongs to him, but in order, this is really grace at work. We need to purge ourselves. We need to um, depart from iniquity. Verse 20 says, now in the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for, uh, for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Verse 21, therefore, if anyone, what? Come on, read that cleanses himself from what is what dishonorable he shall be a vessel for honorable use set apart as what holy and useful to the master of the house ready for every good work you can be disuseful for the lord we here he talks about us being set apart as holy and useful so this is a good prayer lord make me useful in your kingdom Lord, and it says, if anyone cleanses himself, it's not talking about being um, cleanses himself from sin, but cleaning up yourself. How many know there's a such thing as living pure and living clean? Um, we need to live clean before the Lord. And our attitudes and our way of thinking, our mouths, our hearts, God expects us as his people to live clean. Holiness, holiness. Go to 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3. First John chapter three, and let's look at verse two. Let's start with verse one. It says, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called what? Children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children, what? Now. And what we shall be has not yet appeared. But we Know that when he appears, we, we, will, we, we shall be like what him because we shall see him as he is. Just know this, that we will always be working on our sanctification, our holiness. It's not automatic. We have to be intentional. We have to make spirit-empowered efforts to be holy. Let's look at verse 4, 3. It says, everyone thus hopes in him what? 
purifies himself as he is pure. So it is our responsibilities to be pure, to purify ourselves, to cleanse ourselves. I've given you more than two or three scriptures dealing with us cleansing ourselves, us purging ourselves. God expects us to do something. Christianity is work. Now, we're not saved by work, but we're saved to work. God, God is working. We, we are to work out our salvation, Philippians 2. We're, we're not to work for it, but we work, we're to work out our salvation. You got to do something. You got to do something with your mind. If your mind is always all, all over the place and you just let it think whatever it's going to think, you are responsible for your thoughts. You can't stop thoughts from coming in, but you don't have to dwell on it. Just like a bird coming across, coming across, flying across, it doesn't have to let um, set up a nest in your mind. You said, no, no, you, you got to keep going. <laughs> we can't stop thoughts from coming, but you don't have to dwell on it. Amen. You can't stop temptation, but you don't have to yield to it. I may be tempted, but oh, no, I'm going to be like Joseph and run for my life. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Um, I want to encourage, go, go to 1 John chapter 2 real quick as we bring this to a close. Some of the things that are in the world, verse 15 talks about the three things that are in the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Now, sometimes people think that we're ta they're talking about like worldly things. When they think about worldly things, they're thinking about um, perhaps television or um, sin to the max. I don't think Cinemax is, is, is even in, in existence. Uh, HBO Hellbox Office, you know, it's HBO Max now. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, Hellbox Office to the max. <laughs> Netflix, next to your flicks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it doesn't make no sense. I, I was just messing up. Do not love the world or, or the things other things in the world. It's not talking about those type of things, like worldly music and different stuff. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All right. So these are the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, these are the three things. The desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world's passing away alone away along with its desires. Whoever does, does the will of the Father abides forever. So let's take a look at these three things. Um, the lusts or the desires of the flesh. How many know, again, your flesh it cannot be trusted. As far as you can throw it, that's as much as you can trust it. The flesh is a mess, and it wants to do bad things, sinful things. Am I talking to them? Uh, uh, the flesh <laughs> wants to do bad things. Uh, you can be saved and speak in tongues and study the scriptures and still want to do bad things. <laughs> I, I know I know you thought that because you got saved, you were going to be entering into perfection or you got filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to enter into perfection. Or just because you pray a little bit longer or fast a little bit don't mean that you still have reached perfection. But Paul says, I'm forgetting those things behind, but I press. So you got to do some pressing. You got to do some engaging with the word of God. You got to press towards the mark towards the mark of the high calling in God in Christ Jesus. So there is a part that we have to play. We have to purge ourselves. We have to cleanse ourselves. Your body is not going to wash yourself every day. That, the same way spiritually speaking, you're not going to wash yourself spiritually. It's not gonna, your spirit is not going to be washed. Your soul is not going to be washed by itself. You got to take the spiritual shower. 
You've been around a lot of people using profanity. I'm around these kids all the day, and they be like F-bombing all day. I'm like, oh, God. And if I'm not careful, it'll show up before I know it out of my mouth because I've been around it. So that's why it's important that I spend time with the word because the word, I'm washing, washing that stuff off of me. If you're around people gossip, that gossip will get on you. Just got to wash it off. Mm, nah, get that off of me. Get that out. You know, it's not deliverance you need. It's, it's a, a spiritual sour every day. Spiritual sour. See, you won't need some devil cast out if you'll just do your part and purge. Because as you yield to the dirt and it becomes a part of your nature, that's when deliverance may need to happen. But I'm here to tell you, you can wash yourself every day with the word of God. Watch that thinking. Nah, we don't think like that. Prayer alone is not enough. It's the word. So as you pray, you pray in tongues. The word, the, praying in tongues will anoint your mind to understand the word. And Jesus said in John chapter 8, you should know the truth and the truth will make you free. So as, I, as I'm praying the spirit, the Holy Spirit is praying for my understanding to be enlightened so that when I take the word of God, I can understand the truth and the truth that that word makes me free. Just because I hear it doesn't mean that I know it. But as I'm praying, as I'm listening to it, I'm, as I'm reading it, I'm washing my mind. I'm renewing my mind. I, as I, it's not just reading, but I'm meditating on it. As, I, as it becomes part of me, that's when transformation comes. It's not my head knowledge. It's my transformed life. Has this word been so powerful in my life that it has transformed my attitude. I don't think like I used to think. I don't live like the way that I used to live. I don't walk. I don't talk the way God's word got a hold on me. Amen. And so here, these three things, the lust of the flesh or the desires of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. You can't trust your eyes. You got to keep your eyes on the prize. Amen. You got to keep looking at Jesus and nah, I'm not looking at that because you can't take back what you've seen. So you got to be careful what you expose your eyes to, what you expose your ears to. And then the pride of life. Job said like this, Lord, hide me from pride. Pride will get you every time. It got Lucifer. Lucifer was in a perfect environment. So it's not about just, oh, we got to create an environment. That's a bunch of hog spit. Do you understand that? I, I, I hear what they're saying. Oh, praise and worship create the atmosphere. We got more people talking about atmosphere than change lives. Yeah, yeah. Atmosphere don't change you. You can have the perfect atmosphere education and the perfect situation and still people don't get it. Yeah. It's a true encounter of the word of God. It's not just, get, let me get you into the presence. What Jesus, uh, Lucifer was in the presence of almighty God. Adam and Eve were in the presence of Almighty God. Judas was in the presence of Jesus, and yet it didn't change them. Are, are you with me? So it's not just the presence. I believe in the presence of God and sensing that presence and crying in that presence, but we got to be more than that. Oh, God, it got to be more than that. What can I take away from the word and apply it to my life? Glory to God. And, and, and sometimes as Christians, you know, they have these different events and soaking services. We're just going to soak in his, in his presence. No, no, no. You're not soaking in his presence. You're soaking in emotions. It's like loving the orgasm and not loving the person. All right, let's go back first. John chapter. 
And that's what some people do spiritually speaking. They like what they feel from the presence. Saul is an example of that. Saul enjoyed the presence of the praise and worship of David. And yet he, his heart didn't change. So, so I believe in praise and worship. I, I got more praise and worship than you have a lifetime to listen to. <laughs> I'm talking about CDs. I know we got streaming. <laughs> but you understand, there's power in music, but music doesn't change anybody. It's the word in the music that changes people. It's the songs of deliverance. Amen. I'm not saying you can't go to a soaking service. I'm not saying that you can't just have praise and worship. And I, we believe in those things. But the things that's going to change this generation is the word of God. It's the gospel. It is the power of God. It's not the power of music and praise and worship. It's not the power of getting a devil cast out. It's the power of the gospel. The gospel, the good news, is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. Sin is dangerous because it's never satisfied. It's a destroyer. It will destroy you. Sin is, it will destroy you every single time. The Bible says the wages of sin, the way, the payment of sin. How many of y'all get paid, don't raise your hand, get paid by the hour or get paid by a salary? Your payment of sin is death. Death will show up in your finances, in your body, in your marriage, in your singleness. Death will show up when sin gets finished with you. The Bible says in John chapter 8, whoever commits sin becomes the servant or a slave to the sin. So if you become, if you yield to sin, sin will get a hold on you in such a way that nothing can shake you but the power of God. Amen? So let's not yield to sin. Let's not yield to it. It's too dangerous to yield. Jesus died for my sins, not for me to be entertained by it. Are you with me? I'm not to be entertained by it. I'm not to engage in it. I'm not to play with it. If you play with fire long enough, it'll burn you every time. Amen? It will burn you. Fire is not something to play with. Neither is sin. All right, real quick. Let's go here. Um, holiness. True holiness does not consist merely of believing and feeling, but of doing and bearing. A practical ex exhibit, uh, uh, display of the active past and not the passive of grace. The active grace. Holiness is the image of Christ, which can be seen and observed by others in our private life and habits and character of life. We're called to grow in holiness. Let's go here. One of my last scripture is Revelations 21. Revelations 21. Let's go there real quick. That's the last book of the Bible. Revelations 21. Everybody say, marked by his holiness. We, we should make that our prayer. Um, heaven is a holy place. Oh, it's such a holy place. Um, some people want to go to heaven, but they don't want to come to church. Revelation 21 says it's, it's holy, it's pure, it's purified. Heaven is for those who overcome, those who conquer, those who have overcome temptation to abandon Jesus Christ and compromise their faith. That's what heaven is for. Revelation 21, verse 7, it says, The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. So that, that's what heaven is for. Are, are you with me? So if you're not conquering, maybe you're not going to heaven. Yeah, we're saved by grace, but the grace has to show up by us conquering sin. Uh, verse 8, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, 
sorcerers, idolaters, and what else? All liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. People who do such things will not be in heaven. All who have, the, all these will have their part and place in the lake of fire. Some have made heaven a place of universal acceptance by all pretty nice little people. Unrepentant, sexual, and moral people will not be welcome, nor those who practice this falsehood. Idolaters and murderers and sorcerers will neither inherit the kingdom of God. That is profound. Do you understand that? That those who practice, I'm not talking about people who did it and they repented, but these are people who, are, who have not repented and they're practicing it. You might have said the prayer, but it is, has grace showed up in your life through holiness. Glory to God. Good news is this is a world free from every sin and stain. We will not enjoy heaven without his holiness. Oh, man, that, 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 that makes you want to tremble. Heaven is a holy place, and the Lord God of heaven is a holy God, and the angels are holy creatures, and the inhabitants of heaven are holy saints. Holiness is written on everything in heaven, and nothing unholy can enter into this holy heaven. Oh, I know that's not popular, but it's the truth. Our mission is preparing people for eternity. And, and, and I will not be a, a good pastor if I told you you can live any kind of way and still make it in. Don't be deceived. Those who practice sin, habitual sins. I'm not talking about, you, you know, we, we, we fall and mess up and I, I called out and I didn't tell all the truth when I called out and, and whatnot. I'm not, yeah. But I want you to know if you continue practicing sin, you're not going to enter those gates. I'm saved by grace, but it's more than a prayer. It, grace is not automatic. It calls us to, to be humble. As we humble ourselves, God gives grace to the humble. And you got to acknowledge what you have done and, and how sinful it was to the Lord. Even if a person who didn't practice holiness could enter into heaven, what would they do? What joy would they feel there? What holy people would they sit down with to have fellowship with? Their pleasures are not your pleasures. Their character is not your character. What they love, you don't love. What they dislike is, is not what you dislike. Why would somebody want to be in a holy place and they're not practicing holiness every day? If ungodliness is your daily habit, what will please you in heaven? Where all is clean and pure, you won't be happy there. Holiness. Holiness is not something. And again, I'm not talking about just your willpower and I'm not talking about earning your salvation. But I think we have a perverted grace, as Titus talks about and Judas talks about, of, of thinking that oh, God's grace, God's grace, God's grace. And yet this grace is not showing up in our lives. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. You, 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 you can't you can't do that. Matthew 28, let's go. My last scripture, I promise you. <laughs> Matthew 28. I wonder how all the preachers <laughs> will make it in because they kept saying, my last scripture, my clothes. <laughs> all liars shall have their place in the lake of fire. <laughs> Lord, help us. <laughs> how many times I say, I'm about to close. <laughs> Two hours later, I'm about to close. <laughs> Matthew 28. 
Matthew 28, real quick. Um, let's look at this great passage, verse 17. And when they saw him, talking about Jesus, they worship him. And but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Why are we making disciples? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe or teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the ages. So the whole point of the Great Commission is about holiness. God wants, us, wants the world to know Jesus and believe in him to obey him. So the point of leading people to Christ is not to just give them a, 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 some type of insurance, but it's to make them faithful followers of Jesus. We got saved so we can faithfully follow Jesus every day. <laughs> Glory to God. So the Great Commission is all about obedience. We don't take the Great Commission seriously if we don't help each other grow in obedience. Jesus expects obedience from his disciples. The world is not trying to obey Jesus. But we as his followers, we as his believers, God's mission in the world is to save unholy people and sanctify those he saves. If he justifies the ungodly through faith alone, then promises to make the faithful godly. If the Holy One of Israel is in the business of making a holy people for himself, how much more should we be? So let me give you some ingredients for holiness. Some ingredients. How do you become holy? PD, it sounds good. It's, it feels good. And you talk about a holy heaven, but I still got some sinful habits. I still got some issues in my flesh. I still don't think right. I still don't speak right. I, how can you expect to, to go to heaven? You're not going to drop in some F-bombs in heaven. And those who, who do such conversations, uh, the, the Spirit of God is not actively in their lives. Oh, God needs to control our mouths. God needs to control our thinking and our lifestyle and our hands. Holy hands. It talks about lifting up holy hands. Oh, your hands got to be clean that you don't kill innocent babies. Oh, glory to God. I, I take my hands, make my hands clean. Who can ascend to the, the most high, the holy hill of God? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. <laughs> oh, your motives got to be right. Holy habits that produce holy living. Let me give you four. Um, the, the consumption of the holy word of God, of the word of God. In other words, the eating of the word of God. Not just reading, you know, uh, it's hard to get some people just to read the Bible. But we're talking about digesting it, meditating on it. Joshua 1.8 says, uh, the word, if I meditate on it day and night, it actually affects the way I live. So the point of meditation is not so I can grow and I can proclaim how much I know, but it's for the point of me living out what I'm meditating on. So if I think about it long enough, it'll get inside of me and therefore it'll be fleshed out in my life. So you got to have some time in the word of God. So that's one, the consumption of the word of God. You got to digest the word. If you are satisfied with just reading the Bible alone, you have not graduated from kindergarten. It has to be more than just reading. Reading is essential, but it's not the end. <laughs> it's just the beginning. You got to study the scriptures. You got to meditate the scriptures so it can become part of your life. So we push about reading, 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 and you're listening to it on the Bible app. 
different things and you're reading and reading and reading. Okay, what are you going to do after you read? How are you going to put it into practice? How are you going to obey this scripture? I mean, you want to hear from God and yet you don't obey what he's already said. I, I thank God for prophetic words. I receive those prophetic words. But what, what, what did you do with the last prophetic word? I, I want God to speak to me. Speak to my heart. This whole song of Donnie McClain. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Speak. Then what are you going to do when he speaks to you? When he tells you, your integrity tells you not to do something, did you obey? He just spoke to you through your integrity, through your conscience, through the word of God, through, through somebody else. I'm, I'll never forget this. Um, um, uh, this homosexual, I was working at a Red Lobster in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, this homosexual um, said to me, I don't understand you. I said, what do you mean? You go every Friday night, you and your Christian friends, y'all go and look at mafia movies, and yet you condemn me from listening to Snoop Dogg. Uh, I don't see no difference between me listening. At least I'm listening to five minutes. You said got two and a half hours of, of boom, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and that thing convicted me. I said, oh, man. I kept looking at him. <laughs> Sinners in the hands of an angry guy. A Petey in the making. <laughs> Gangster. <laughs> I said, you got, a, you got a point. You right. I kept watching him. I kept spending my money to the movies. And you know, Blockbuster was big back in the day. <laughs> they go to Blockbusters get uh, uh, Scarface, <laughs> you know, Kalito's <laughs> way. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Sorry, my bad. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> All right, prayer, prayer. Prayer is another way of, of, of producing holiness. You know, we, we talked a lot about prayer, uh, spending time, and this is a wonderful spiritual habit. Um, prayer, not only praying in the spirit, but praying with your understanding, dialoguing with the Lord. Your prayer should be you and God communing together. You talking to him and he's speaking to you. I mean, when I say speaking to you, not that you hear with these ears, but in your heart. Isn't it wonderful when you, when you do that? You just pray and say, Lord, I, you know, I love you. Maybe the Lord said to you, I love you too. I'm like, hey, <laughs> Lord, uh, I, I need some help, you know. Uh, can you just help me? I don't know what to do in this situation. And you just pray and say, Lord, I, I just trust you. You know, I, I don't feel uh, I need some grace. I, I'm tired today. I don't feel like going deal with these kids. Oh, God, uh, every time I got to come, Lord, you, I, need, I need your wisdom. Lord, I, I just want to smack them. But, Lord, I, I need your wisdom, Lord. Oh, Lord, baptize me. Oh, Lord, give me an opportunity to preach. But yet, if I do, then I lose my job. Uh, how, give me wisdom. How do I... Am I, you know, you're just talking to the Lord and the Lord gives you wisdom and just a prompting to do this or don't do that or, or just pray or spend time. or Maybe don't be so hard. Give some grace sometimes or, you know, different things like that. God will lead you and guide you. But that prayer changes us. Prayer is designed to spend time with the Lord and fellowship with him, but to change us. The, the third is the fellowship with the saints. Being in the presence of those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. On purpose, marked by his holiness, you, you got a fellowship. There's something about the holy gathering of the saints. This is a preparation. This is a rehearsal. Um, there's an old um, um, quartet group I remember um, seeing on television. And they used to say, this is just a rehearsal. We're practicing something better and bigger coming. And last but not least, fleeting sin or running from sin. How many know you got to run from sin? If you know you deal with alcohol and you're tempted to, to get drunk, you don't, don't drink it at a social. Are, are you with me? Oh, yeah, the Lord is good. He you know, I, I had a, a taste in years. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and you take a little bit. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
Just like the hard lemonade story. I, I don't need a, I mean, some people say, you know, you, you're free. You got liberties in Jesus. Yeah, my liberty says not, to, not so. Don't touch that. And you can touch it, but I can't. I, I made a commitment to the Lord and I, I, I'll not touch alcohol. I mean, I did with I did the hard lemonade. Y'all know that story? Let me tell you real quick. So I was working at um, the wonderful place called Budweiser, uh, Anheuser-Busch. And uh, I became the pastor of Budweiser real quick. And they, gave, they give out alcohol or cases of beer every single month, tw- twice a month. And everybody knew I didn't drink alcohol. So they had lemonade and Tavana, Tavana, Tavana tea, and different stuff. So, I, so they was like, hey, pastor, we saved you some tea. So, um, but at this time, nobody was around, and I saw all these cases of hard lemonade. I said, oh, man, this is it. So I got it, and, um, and I put in the case. I got cases of them. I said, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them to the agape. I'm going to bless a lot of people. I was bringing to KLM. I'm going to pass them out on Sunday. Then I took a picture of, of it, and I sent it to Cleve and Allen. And then uh, I said, man, I found, I found a drink, and I sent it to Courtney. And, and, uh, and I said, she, Courtney says, what do you see now? I said, I see two cars. <laughs> and she says, um, pull over right now. Pull over right now. I said, no, no, I'm good. I'm just tired. I worked overnight. She said, pull over right now. That's alcohol in it, honey. I said, no, you know what alcohol in it. It's hard lemonade. She said, what do you think hard mean? I said, I, I thought they just squeezed it a little bit hard. Hard lemonade. She said, there's hard drinks and soft drinks. She said, pull over right now. The worst thing you need is DUI. Pastor gets pulled over. And I said, and then I said, oh God, I'm going to hell. Oh God, I drank this alcohol. And I, I brought it to the house, and my mom was like, let me taste of it. <laughs> I'm, telling, I'm telling too much. Forgive me, mom. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's all right. <laughs> but I don't know what we did with them. I think we gave, we gave them to PSNG. I don't know if that was good. That, 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 I don't know if that was a good witness. PSNG, like, yeah, this pastor gave me some hard lemonade. <laughs> In a Bible to go along with it. <laughs> I did, right? I did. No cap. No cap. I, I actually gave him a Bible and new birth and white tongues. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> three cases. He said, these are not drunk as those, those they suppose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So you got to, I'm sorry. You got to run from temptation. You got to run. You got to look for the exit sign. Whenever you're tempted, you got to run from, the, you got to look for the exercise. For every temptation, God is so faithful, he's going to provide a way of escape. Whatever you're tempted with, there's an exercise in that room, spiritually, that you can run to. Are you with me? So look for it. I remember one time I was um, at Bible college at Ramah, and, uh, and uh, this lady, beautiful lady, she, she, she said, hey, can you come and see me after work? And so I, I came and I saw her. And then she's like, come inside. I said, no. And I took off running. No, true story. You got to run. You can't play with it. You can't play with sin. You got to run from it. Oh, you just been a, you know, I'm, I'm a strong person and, and I can handle it. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't. We can't handle sin. Sin is so powerful. And if you look at it long enough, just like Eve looked at that, that fruit, she began to desire it. She got deceived by it. Oh, if I eat this, I get the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, and, and, and Adam was not deceived. He was just so in love with the woman. Whoa, man, come on, baby, give it to me. Oh, yeah, give me the apple. Give me the fruit. Give me the kiwi. And she, he was drunk off of her love. Yeah, y'all don't believe me. We're going to talk to him when we get there. 
Um, okay, last but not least, you got you got to make you, you got to make some some of y'all don't believe he made it, but you got to make spirit empowering efforts, spirit empowering efforts to put to death the sinful deeds of the body, adultery, profanity, defiling the temple through smoking, drinking, overeating, gossiping, and the list goes on and on. Let me give you some some basic some three basic strategies to to be to allow this mark of his holiness you got to set a guard over your eyes your gates your eyes your ears your mouth and your mind you got to set the gate you got to set up guards over your gates i cannot take back what i see i cannot take back what i see so i got to be careful what i expose my mind to are you with me um it's easier to learn something than it is to unlearn it so I got to be careful what I hear. My eyes, my ears. I got to be careful what I say because once I speak it, it never ends. Do you know sounds, sound does not end? It goes all the way into eternity. What you say will never, you can never get back. In a time of a heated discussion with your spouse or with your kids or with your parents or with your loved ones or with your enemies or your friends, you say one word and they won't hear anything else but that one word. And they'll go inside of them and they'll begin to develop and grow into a root of bitterness. So we got to be careful what we say. You can't get back what you've said. You can't get back what you've heard. You can't get back what you've seen. We got to set a guard and say, no, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to listen to that gossip. Because you put that thought in my mind about my supervisor, I'll never be able to get that out. Are you with me? You're talking about the, the very instrument that God uses to feed my family, and yet you're talking against it. I don't like it. Well, go get another job. Um, you got to set up some type of accountability. Don't trust yourself. Who are you talking to about your sins? Who do you have to say, hey, listen, I messed up. I need your help. Or are you just keeping it to yourself? And you keep that cycle of sin. And last but not least, you got to watch your associations. Who you hanging out with? Who got your ear? Don't, listen, don't let your pursuit of holiness be a task, but rather a delight. His commandments aren't burdensome, but they're a delight. We get to be holy. <laughs> Being holy, I'm going to say this is controversial. Being holy is the easiest thing you'll ever do in life. The grace of God upon your life. God's grace will empower you to be holy. I want to be holy because he's holy. I want to please him. If you have a desire to live holy, he'll help you live holy. As we were reading through Genesis, we saw a king who had taken Sarah and, 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 and away from Abraham. Abraham lied and said, hey, this is my sister. He didn't completely lie, but he lied. He deceived, tried to deceive the man. or actually did. <laughs> say he's my she's my sister because he was afraid that she he was gonna die. And what happened was, you know, he, he went to sleep, and in the dream, the Lord told him, You're a dead man. Man, this is an unregenerated king that the Lord stopped from sinning against him. How much more the spirit filled believer? He will stop you from sinning. You want to sense his presence? Be in the midst of sin, and he'll, his presence will come upon you. So don't do that. Don't do this. Amen. When you miss it, confess your sins, receive forgiveness and get back up.
Don't stay in it. And it's a sin to keep, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Over the same thing over and over again. You're saying that the blood is not enough. You're saying that you're, you know, you're trying to um, earn his forgiveness. If you miss it, just say, Lord, I, forgive me. I confess my sins. And I thank you for cleansing me. And get up and keep moving. But what some people do is they keep asking, Lord, forgive me, 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 oh, Lord, forgive me. So they think by them saying it a million times that they're going to earn forgiveness. You understand that you can't get his forgiveness that way. You got to believe the first time you confessed it is the first time he heard you and then he's going to cleanse you at that very moment. But when you keep saying it over and over, you think that the blood is not enough to cleanse you the first time. He treats you as if you never sinned. He treats you even as he did Adam and Eve before the fall. You are, you are just as clean before God as Adam and Eve were before they fell when you confess your sins. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you hear and you say, Pastor Wayne, I don't know Jesus in the part of my sins. And I would like to make him the Lord of my life. I want you to be bold and brave enough to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to get saved. I want to receive Jesus. Is there one? Is there one? Amen. Amen. Is there another one say, I, I want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I want to speak in other tongues. I want you to raise your hand. I see you too, in the name of Jesus. And at last, you say, I just need special prayer because I've been in sin and I want to make things right. Is there one? Amen. Amen. Um, I, um, Kevin, and let me see who's, uh, Angel, can you minister to this couple right here? Amen. Amen. And pray for them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pray. You, you actually you can take them into Sweet B. Go ahead and take them into Sweet B. You can go ahead and follow. Yes, yes. Yeah, go ahead and follow them and, and, and minister salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit to them. Amen. Y'all praise God for that. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for meeting every need in Jesus' name, uh, every spiritual need, Father. I thank you for salvation and infilling of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father. I thank you for true salvation taking place and taking root, Father. We pray for the spiritual needs of, their, of them, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for their faith. We thank you for the recognition that their need for the Savior. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at PO Box 1854, Perth Amboy, New Jersey 08862. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.